We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Andy Lou, John Wall is now a Houston Rocket. Uh, I, I just saw this. We're recording at 5.30 p.m. I think this happened about an hour ago. I just saw this and honestly want to throw the Spider-Man meme out there so badly. What's the point of this trade, Sam? Can you, can you enlighten me? I actually me? think this is a oh. worst. I, 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 oh, the worst. I'm, oh, the worst. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Russell Westbrook guy. Like... I think anyone who thinks he can win a title with Russ is just lying to themselves at this point. Right. But at least Russ guarantees you like 500 basketball. I don't know what the point of John wall is anymore. The dude tore his Achilles. He still wasn't good before he tore his Achilles. He's just kind of a mess. And if I'm correct, the, the wizards, or no, actually, they have contracts of the exact same length. So the money they're owed is pretty much identical. Like maybe hilarious. Yeah, all they're getting is one extra pick, one pick which is like protected. I would have figured to do this trade, the Wizards would have had to throw two or three picks in there because I'm not sure Wall's actually 
an NBA player, like good. At least, at least Russ is something. At least, you know, you know, John Wall reminds you a little bit of Clay Thompson that he's been, he's not going to play. He hasn't played in so long that who knows what he's going to be like. Clay Thompson, same thing. You know, this time next year, we're going to be. But like, Clay was. But Clay's actually good. <laughs> yeah. Last time Clay played, he was one of the better players in the NBA. Last time John Wall yep. played, everyone was kind of alluding to the fact that he was partying too much out of shape and they weren't good. He was fat. He was yeah. fat. Remember that? He was legitimately N- fat. NBA player fat. Let's be clear. Yeah. yeah. Not, <laughs> not you and me. yeah, you, not me and you, but, uh, <laughs> but not, not pro athlete level. Um, I think this means Harden's going to be moved next. So. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why uh, Russ requested the trade. Cause he probably knew that Harden had requested a trade. So he was like, well, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Although it's like, I want yeah, get- to get out of there. It's Washington though. Do you, <laughs> I want to get into this on premium, which we're putting out tonight as well, but I want to over on, let's start on that. I just want to get one thing out here. Is, is this good or bad for the Warriors? Uh, I would say this is great for the Warriors. This is this is amazing. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Warriors are going to be better than the than the Russ Harden Rockets. I would say yes, but like you just said, John Wall is demonstratively worse than Russ, even when John Wall was healthy. <laughs> so this can only be good. And also, the other thing is, like you just said, higher chance that James Harden's going to be out here in the next few weeks. Uh, so, so I'm started. thinking it. I'm thinking of it two ways. If they trade Harden, they're gonna they're going complete reset, mm-hmm. which means now we got another team who's gonna try to out tank the Wolves. Which so there's that angle to it too. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it better that we get the Rockets out of the way with regards to the Warriors' playoff hopes, or is it worse that the Rockets would now just be? It's just another team that's probably going to push the Wolves pick from, let's just say, six to seven, seven to eight, something like that. Because if they trade James Harden for kind of the poo-poo platter of future picks and it's just the John Wall show with Eric Gordon and Christian Wood, that's a bad team. And well, it's, that, that might be what they want. They might just be like, hey, dude, it's over. We, we just want we want a shot at one of these 15 Jalen's and, you know, like all this sort of stuff. This is this is this is for the listeners. This is where Sam is at. This is where I'm at. I'm still thinking of the Warriors and what they're going to do this season. Sam is all in on Zaire Smith. Oh, wait, Zaire Williams. Wait, nope, Zaire Smith. Uh, with no, two no, eyes, no, by the way. No, it's Zaire Williams. Zaire oh. Smith was the dude who got cut from the 76ers. It's Zaire Williams with two eyes. See, we can do multiple Zaires and multiple Jalens now. Uh, who actually, by the way, I've only really watched Zaire uh, Williams, and he's looked probably the best. But again, I've only watched him. Uh, Sam's all in on the next draft. I'm still focused on what could happen here moving forward. I think that the Warriors were already going to be better than the Houston Rockets, but no Rocco. Uh, come no on, Russ now come on, man. They're not gonna they weren't gonna be better than the Harden and Russ Rockets. That team would have won 55. Like th- there's nothing more certain than a Harden team winning a bunch of regular season games and then being awful in the playoffs. Well, when I say better, I probably mean postseason, right? Gotta, like that, yeah, that's the other get thing. there first. It, oh god, 14th in the West. Oh, Sam is hot today. Coming in 14th <laughs> in the West. This is projection. <laughs> okay. 14 is a little aggressive, but anyway, well, let's get into this later. Um, we're we're going to talk more Warriors right now. Uh, mm. By the way, Friday, download the Locker Room app and follow Andy and me, same ats as our Twitter handles, on, on Locker Room. We're going to do a live podcast Friday, 5 p.m. We'll put out some info. 
We'll, we'll call on you. If you come in, you can ask questions. You can kind of chuck it up with us. We'll call it Light Years Happy Hour. I mean, you guys can't go to real happy hour anyway. So just grab yourself a beer, grab grab a drink, make a mixed drink, and just join us on, on Locker Room Friday at 5 p.m. It's like date night. Date night with Sam and Andy. Actually, I should rename it that way. Actually, I'm going to go tell five, five PM. 5 p.m. is still happy hour. It's not date night. I'm not saying like, hey, I'll see you guys at 8 p.m. But... Um, Anyway, it's at 5 p.m. Oh, look at you. Um, <laughs> so the Warriors opened. Uh, so the Warriors opened camp. I don't, I don't even know. Do we, what do we consider right now? Every team in the NBA is doing individual workouts. Yeah, uh, they can't actually have practices till next week. The Warriors already, <clears throat> because of two positive COVID tests, cannot practice until Monday instead of Sunday. Do we know who the the tests who, uh, who tests positive? Uh, <laughs> no, no, we actually don't. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. And also, nah, it's not public info. We yeah. we're, we can speculate, but it's not yeah. Public info. <laughs> and 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 people know we're speculating. We're just joking. Um, Smiley loved that guest. People love saying Smiley. Kelly Oubre had a had a IG video today of him in bed, uh, and people were like, "Oh, does he have does he have COVID? Because he's a, but it's like the guy proposed yesterday. You know what I mean? And I think the guy's fine. Uh, Andrew Wiggins looks incredible. He's shredded. Also, he also, so he probably doesn't have COVID. Ubre has been was working out last week at the facility, which, um, you know, I mean, he he could, you know, he, just because you're working at the facility doesn't mean you didn't catch it going to the corner store. But uh, I would, I, I'm, I'm, he's lower on my list right now. <laughs> I would say it is not a good thing that the Warriors have had two people test positive. They also said that Sam, uh, someone also tested positive. I think a month ago when they were doing workouts Slater, as well. Anthony Slater, let us know that. So yeah, friend of the show. Um, I think so. You do have to remember the Warriors currently have 20 to 25 players because of all the camp invites. So odds are at least one of the people are someone like, I don't know, Wesson, someone who's not going to make the roster, but who's a camp invite. Like technically they count too. You know, everyone's thinking like, Ooh, is it Steph? Is it Draymond? Is it Wiggins? And it's probably like a camp invite guy, right? It's not Steph. Yeah. He's literally with Barack on IG live today. Quite certain. It's not Steph. Was he on IG Live because he can't go to the facility? Huh? Draymond's in Mexico doing weird, you know, ab, like, core workouts. I don't know. He's just screaming while doing those workouts. Anyway, um, I don't want to spend too long on the COVID, guys, but I think it is It is pretty cool that uh, the Warriors are starting up again, individual workouts. I really – I just saw the Andrew Wiggins picture, picture, Sam, and I can't stop laughing. The guy the guy looks like he's – like, he. that's the next LeBron, baby. Like, his – his are, we arms sure this are, are we sure this isn't a Photoshop? <laughs> he looks he looks massive. Although, is that a good thing? Because with Wiggins, actually, this is a question I have for you as well, because I'm fascinated by this. Steve Kerr came out and said uh, that most likely that Kelly Oubre is going to be the guy that's going to be picking up the ones and the twos, where I've thought all offseason that's Andrew Wiggins' job. Now, maybe they both alternate. They're both going to do it. But I find that fascinating because to me, Oubre is more of a 3-4 guy. Uh, yeah. That's weird. I, th- I, I don't know your thoughts. It's odd. So actually, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Let's back this up real quick. Kerr said um, he's going to start. He, it's going to be Steph, Oubre, Wiggins, Draymond, and he's not sure about the center thing. We'll talk center later. But he made it pretty clear. He's like, I don't know how I can't start Oubre, you know, which to me tells me he understands, you know, he can't get overly cute with this roster. He doesn't have eight high-end players. You know, he doesn't have a situation where we're going to ask Iguodala to come off the bench 
because it makes us a better team. You know, he's got more of a standard team where you have to start your best players, right? Do you think that's a good thing that he went out and said that? I do because it's a in general, I've loved Kerr's tone the whole the whole time. It's night and day from Ooh. last year. But yeah, I do think it's a good thing. And he kind of he kind of said like outside of something weird, I don't see how I can't start him. And to me, that's like, okay, if Michael Mulder shows up and is Duncan Robinson, like just can't miss a shot, then maybe I have to reconsider things. But like outside of a situation like that, I think I know who my starting perimeter is. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I think it's fine. I don't know if I'd say it is a good thing. I think it's fine. I, it is what it is, right? Goubray is going to start. Why dance around it? Why make it? Why make a show of like, oh, maybe we'll get Bazemore or Lee in there and try to give him some motivation? That doesn't make sense to me because look, here's the thing: they're not only paying him fourteen million dollars, everybody knows Joe Lacob's paying eighty million dollars. You think that if that guy has to be motivated to play? to be the starter of that team, that says a lot more about Kelly Oubre than it is to anyone else. Like that just, it doesn't make any sense to dance around that subject. He's a starter. There's nobody better than him, right? There's no Andre Iguodala out there. There's, there's nothing out there. Um, there's no Harrison Barnes out there who, who, uh, you know, maybe the starter. So yes, I'm I think you. he's going to, yeah, I think he's giving his highest, his best lineup a shot. And like, if we find out that Oubre and Wiggins is just not a good idea as a starting lineup, then he'll try something else. But you kind of have to start with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, to your point, to the defensive point, I also was kind of caught off guard. I thought Wiggins is more likely to be the dude to guard ones and twos just because, I mean, he's got so much quickness and he's pretty good at guarding backcourt players. But Steve Kerr did say this, and it does kind of match the eye test a little bit. Um, Ubre is really good. His coaches have said he's really good on ball. And if you watch him, that's kind of code for his awareness off ball is not always there. Like if you put him on a man, he can stick with that man and make it difficult for him. But if you're asking him to make reads and understand who to switch to on the weak side, he might get lost and fall asleep. Whereas Wiggins, I mean, the frustrating thing about Wiggins over the years has been like, it's very clear. He's not only talented, but he's also intelligent. So when you see him like not try, you're like, you should be better than this. So I think while they're going to switch a lot, I think a lot of it is he perhaps trusts Wiggins to make more reads while being on the weak side than Ubre. Ubre, you kind of start him with like, this guy's at least a bulldog. He's at least going to harass the ball handler. Let's not ask him to be Igudal on the weak side, like stunting and, mm-hmm. you know, guarding guys, cutting and all that sort of stuff. Cause that's, it, it just takes a lot more awareness to do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Wiggins is probably not the guy to do that either. And obviously, Steph is not the guy to do that. He may be able to get there, but he's kind of too small to do more than more than really what's necessary, right? So now you're relying on Draymond Green uh, and and James Wiseman slash Kevon Looney slash uh, Marquise Chris to to take care of some of those minutes. And that's where the problem is. I think that's where the Warriors are trying to figure out. You know, if we're not going to have the all-time great help defense that we've been accustomed to the last five years, what's what's next? What can we do to what can we do to um, to, to make it a little bit easier on the bigs, right? Really to make it easier on Draymond Green is that maybe you you attack more on defense because I think with the Warriors... It is worth noting that in an extremely small sample size, like six games, the defensive ratings with Draymond and Wiggins together last year were like best in the league. It was like very high. So I don't actually, you know, I think we're a little spoiled. I think because we saw Iguodala, Draymond, and Clay 
our expectations are so high, but like, I think Wiggins is actually going to be capable of being an above average to high end off ball defender. He's, he's shown enough. He's shown enough. I think, I think he's capable is my point. I think this team does have the ability to be a top 10 defense is my point. Wow, we are having a brand new Sam this week. This is the one I like. You started the podcast by saying the Warriors has to get have to get to the playoffs, and then now they have the ability to be a top ten defense. I agree with you. I think obviously the path to being a top ten offense is much easier. You got Steph Curry, right? Right. You'll, prop, you'll be in the top half, and then if you have decent seasons from Uber and Wiggins, I think they'll be in the top ten. Um, yeah, the defense is where is where. How can they do it again? That's the center, like we talked about last week. That's the center position, but. They are going to be able to do way more attacking. They may even they may even be able to do more junk stuff. I really like Nick Nurse, the Raptors coach, because he's willing to junk up defenses. Uh, same with Eric Spolstra, who's my favorite coach in the league, and who I think is the best because they're willing to. They're do they're more. both really creative. I agree with you. Creativity is is it is what I'm trying to get at. They do different things, and they're willing to do different things to attack different teams, depending on what those teams are doing and depending on strengths and weaknesses, which I don't think Kerr's – like, that's not his MO, right? Like, his MO is just like, this is my scheme. It's going to work against everyone in time. But I don't think you can have that patience this year. I think you're really just going to have to game plan around uh, around these teams specifically. Well, isn't that, isn't that the interesting thing? Kerr comes into the NBA, and the Warriors take off. And then he gets KD and he has probably the best assemblance of talent of the last 20 years, if not all time. I don't know. You know, and when you have that much talent, it's like about ego management more than scheme, right? Like he, it doesn't matter what scheme they play. Like they should win. Um, and then last year he, once Steph broke his hand, he had the least talent in the league. So it doesn't matter what scheme you play. They're not going to do anything. Fair <laughs> Now he has what I would consider a middle tier talent level. This is where coaching, this is where Spolstra thrives. I don't think Miami has the most talent in the world. They have some talent. They have a lot of players who do certain things well. But I think if an average coach was coaching them, they wouldn't have beat the Heat. Or sorry, they wouldn't have beat the uh, Bucks. They would have bounced out way earlier. Like a lot of that was Spo's genius, right? Um, And this is, that's kind of how I look at the Warriors right now. Like obviously Steph is one of the best players of all time. Draymond has proven he can anchor an elite defense. We have toolsy players on the wing. We have some interesting young players, but it's a lot of like, it's not as proven as what they've had in the past. And this is where the coach can really take it up a level or, you know, like, cause like you put an average coach with this roster, they're probably a 500 ish team maybe above 500 if Steph is feeling really hot and healthy. But if you get a good coach in there, they could be the equivalent of a 51 team. This is what – the Warriors are not a mid-major, right? But in terms of, like, outside of Steph and, and, and Draymond, you've got people that will listen to your coaching, which, you know, guys like KD are not, and, you know, they don't need to. It doesn't matter. But now you have that. Also, you have the talent level of a team that could play up, which is what kind of like the better mid-majors are. I think of Butler, right, with Brad Stevens. Or one Gonzaga. Of my yeah. yeah Gonzaga, well, Gonzaga just has also elite talent nowadays. But, right. but, but what they were for the most of the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Also, they have a shit conference. But the – like, I think that's what Steve Kerr is excited about. Like, this is his dream. Like, not, not dream. The dream is to have KD and Iguodala. But the dream also is to have enough talent 
to where you can be a lot better. And then you also have players that will listen to you, which I think Kelly Oubre, uh, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, Brett Wanamaker, Ken Bazemore, those guys are players that will listen to what Steve Kerr is saying rather than kind of like, like let me throw you the Atlanta Hawks, Sam, because I really don't like what they've done. I, I don't like what they're doing. Like I don't think that's a team that's listening to their coach if he's going to make huge changes. It starts with Trey Young. Trey Young, he's just going to be Trey Young, right? He's just going to do whatever he wants. With the Warriors, I think you've got a team that will actually listen. And if Steve Kerr actually implements good game plans, good schemes, yeah, this this thing might skyrocket. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting. So, by the way, I wanted to pull the stat up for you again. Um, I can't get over this Wiggins photo. It's tweeted from the official Warriors account, too. Is Wiggins 250 pounds now? Just 4% body fat, 250? Is that this guy's an NFL. This guy's an NFL DN now. This guy's built built like. A, I mean, the Niners have had a lot of injuries. They can get him in there. Get him. A, get him an outside linebacker. I mean, he oh looks like God, Alden you, Smith. Yeah, I was gonna say Wiggins would be screaming off the edge. Uh, like he could be. I mean, the Niners need. I mean, they got Kerry Hyder, but they could use another. They could use some more guys as they make as they make the playoffs. These guys are gonna be. Too this is incredible, though. Like, first of all, he also his beard is disgusting. His head looks bigger. So it's like you know, usually with Barry Bonds when he was on the juice, his like, head. Do you get bigger. on the? Do you get on the clear? We get on the. <laughs> Joe Lake of doing it again. Not only is he cooking up a vaccine, but he's reinstated Balco. I mean, he probably was an early investor. Oh my God. I think now we got to, I'm re I'm reassessing expectations. <laughs> they might, they might win the finals this year. Which live, live. Po- you know what he is? You know, you know what he's become? I don't know why I didn't make this comp. I don't know why I was thinking of other players. This man looks like Andre Godala right now. You know what? He has got now the exact same structure as Andre Godala. Who is the person who said Andre Godala has edamame arms? Because <laughs> that's what's going on here. Oh, somebody posted a picture of, uh, of Corey Maggetti in my, uh, in my mentions, which is hilarious. Um, this is a this is a caddy. This is incredible. If if Andrew Wiggins can get to the line like Corey McGetty, we've got something. Then we we've got we've got a title team. But uh, I think uh, I think this is I think this is funny. I also think you know hopefully this doesn't take away from Wiggins's quickness. A lot of what Wiggins is good at is he's very quick laterally, right? He can move. I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners have, or have seen this photo by the time this pod comes out because it's tweeted from the official Warriors account. But the, the, the funniest thing is, yeah, it's just it looks like a Photoshop because his arms are massive, but like the rest of his body doesn't look any bigger. Oh, man, this is, uh, this, this is good stuff. This is uh, the war. When we talk about the best shape in your life, uh, comments coming from training camp, this is this is going to be one for the uh, for the books here. Andrew Wiggins coming out, adding twenty five pounds of muscle. The funny thing is, he'll probably lose that. Um, he'll probably lose that in season. The more he plays, these guys always lose weight uh, during the season. But uh, this is this is good. I think he's uh, he's Andre Iguodala, but he's going to average twenty two points a game. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, this is we have railroaded this. <laughs> So, so if nothing else, we know we're going to see Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins start on the wings. Uh, the Warriors are officially big on the wings. I think that's what's making Steve Kerr happy. Steve Kerr is definitely the type of coach who'd rather have defensive talent he has to scheme up on offense than offensive talent he has to try to hide on defense. Like, Listen, if you, do you agree with that? Like, he'd rather have Wiggins. I mean, he'd rather have Wiggins than D'Lo. It's pretty simple. He's like, Wiggins, I can, Wiggins, I can make him a defender and figure out his offense, but 
you know, deal. rather have Wiggins than Rocco. Is is probably a good, a good, a good comp too. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think with someone like Kerr, he just he thinks his offensive scheme is 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 bar, is you know elite, right? I mean, it's always easier with with Steph Curry, but I do think his offensive scheme is pretty good. Um, he's gonna have to figure out how to get these guys to actually buy in, and not like buy in, like to say that they're bought in, but to buy in mentally. Like, are these guys gonna understand this thing? So we'll see. I saw some quotes too, Sam, was uh, from Slater. That uh, Steph is is that the pick and roll is going to be uh, uh, heavily featured. Yes, this is the other thing I want to discuss. Um, they're definitely Kerr said it too. He said we're going to use more pick and roll. We're going to definitely. Um, he wants everyone to still be a playmaker, make plays for other the ball moving. Um, that's why I think actually you you said it on our last podcast. The Miami, it's going to be some sort of hybrid of Miami and Boston and those type of teams who play kind of a mix of a system and high pick and roll at the same time. I kind of think that's where they're going to be, right? It will be the, like, I am so excited for that. If that's something that they're going to move towards, obviously they're not going full James Harden, but if they're going to, if they're going to, you should never, enough, you should never go full James Harden. Never go full. If they feature it enough and then they play off of that with emotion scheme with guys that make sense. Like I almost feel like they should be running a couple different, offenses for different lineups right. I think is going to be important right like because you you cannot run uh the normal offense with James Wiseman but well, if Kevon I mean, Looney's in there the Warriors had a weird um you're just never going to have a roster where you have four high IQ passers ever again you know like you, it's you're never going to have a roster where you have like Bogut Draymond Iguodala and Steph and like of course you can run the triangle when you have that yeah I, I also think that um because you can you can like the bench lineup is going to be different like I'm curious to see what type of offense that they run there because you're probably going Wiggins Wanamaker Bazemore Eric Paschal and then whomever the big is right so Pascal is doesn't seem like the type of player that's going to be as effective in that scheme. So they might have to run more pick and roll, maybe more ISO. And I'm curious to see what what Steve Hurst is going to do here. Is is he going to is he going to uh, um, square peg round hole that thing, or is he going to actually try to? So that that'll be fascinating because I think guys like Eric Pascal is going to need to play his style to be effective. Uh, I just don't know if that's something Steve Kerr wants to do because it's not like Eric Pascal is KD. <laughs> it's not even like Steve Kerr wanted to do that for KD. Uh, but I don't think Eric Pascal is going to be that successful if they're going to run that, and they need him to average. However, they need him to be instant offense off the bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so before we go on to the next part of the podcast, we got to pay the bills. Football is back in full swing. There was a Baltimore. Steelers game today midday RG3 was playing that was a mess but my god they are still fun uh, so you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Uh, hard, uh, head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. You guys know the promo code BlueWire, BetOnline.ag. BlueWire, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Indeed, 2020 has already reshaped how we work. 
and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates and quickly so you can focus on hiring the people you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring and you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed offering you a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it in fast. Try Indeed out, uh, free $75 credit, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, man. So the, the next thing that we haven't even talked about yet is Kerr has said, the center position is open. You know, I, I think uh, uh, one of the last year, Steve Kerr spent a lot of time talking about how the team would not be good. I think it's fair to say that Steve Kerr is feeling the same way about James Wiseman. But last year, he was protecting who? I don't know. I don't know who he was protecting. Like, whether the team's good or bad doesn't matter. Like, people want to see a good team. If it's not, it's not. With James Wiseman, I think he's protecting James Wiseman. I think that's fair. The guy's the kid's nineteen, not the guy. The kid's nineteen years old. Yeah, he's he played number two three games. He played three games last year. Like we, we, we're all aware of it, but it's, it's worth protecting him. I think. Yeah, it's I look, agree. look, like kid gloves because he's literally a fucking kid, and I don't think it's worth going out there and saying this guy has the potential to be the next David Robinson. I think you can say that, but you can also say, look, he might just be a guy this season, which is most likely what he's going to be. Uh, because I think a lot of Warriors fans are thinking, well, he's in the great spot. James Wiseman himself, Sam, amazing quotes. You know, he's been he's been talking about how he's working out, loves the Warriors, loves Steph Curry. So like those like that type of like uh, relationship that he now has with the Warriors, like is is going to increase expectations. And I think it's fair for Steve Kerr to say, yo, slow down. This guy is not this guy is not going to be Tim Duncan, you know, season one. And if he is, great. But if not, you got to be realistic about it. So yeah, I think it's I think it's fair and great that he's protecting James Wiseman. Um, stop protecting Alan Smiley Geach. How about that? Maybe the Warriors organization should stop doing that, um, and, and they'll be you know they'll be doing even better. Well, he hasn't he hasn't really been protecting Smiley Geach. We'll, we'll give him that. He's he's letting other people be the Smiley guy. But yeah, I mean, at this point, he's not ready to name the starter and. I don't think that's a terrible thing. Uh, I'd like to see Wiseman start, but I don't think it's necessary for Wiseman to start at this point. Um, This is kind of why we spent the last podcast discussing how they really needed to add an extra veteran body just to have another body because you got Looney, you got Marquise Chris, and you got Wiseman. It's not that we don't like all three. It's that Looney has struggled to stay healthy and Wiseman's 19. That's really all we're talking about. Yep. I don't... um... I'm a, the the only bad part here that I'm I'm a little sad about is summer league. Summer league would have been really nice for right, someone like James right. Wiseman. You throw him in there with Nico Mannion, who a friend of the show, Ethan Strauss, wrote that Nico Mannion, you know, might be a might be a fine for the Warriors. But he would have been a perfect fit in summer league. Mannion's someone that can operate out of the pick and roll, great passer, great IQ guy, can set Wiseman up so that Wiseman's not out there chucking 15-foot fadeaways, right, contested fadeaways. 
uh, which is like the death of big mans is when they start chucking up shots for no reason, just because what else they're do? Nobody's giving them the ball. Um, so Mannion, like Mannion and Wiseman would have been extremely fun, but we're not going to see that. Um, and Wiseman's not going to be in the G League. <laughs> Why is this not going to be in Walnut Creek? No, um, I mean, it's, so, it's a question of if, is he playing 15 minutes a game off the bench or is tough, he starting yeah. for 22 minutes or where he's going to clearly play. Um, I do have the Steve Kerr quotes in front of me. He says... Hard to get seasoning though, you know what I mean? Hard yeah, to get says, seasoning when you've he, got to play real games right away. He's trying to temper expectation. He says James has a lot to catch up on, but James potential athletically is so dynamic that I imagine he'll have a chance to step in and help us. He mentioned multiple times that Wiseman only played three games. He's only 19 and you guys need to slow it down and not like imagine you're getting prime Anthony Davis or something crazy like that already with him. So I think we know it. He also mentioned we're going to play all three of them. As always, we're figuring out who starts as we go. Um, I think it's honestly open competition at the center spot. Yeah, it is. Um, I, but, but, you know, if you had to ask right now who Steve Kerr prefers, it's Looney, right? If, if he had to pick one, right now he's picking Kevon Looney. I think he wants Wiseman to start. I just don't think he wants to give it to him. Um, he doesn't want to give it to him without him earning it. Yeah, without him earning it. Um, and then he might give the JaVale spot, like it might be a JaVale five-minute start, spot start for uh, the energy, right, to Marquise Chris is that guy as well. That's the role he's going to be in. Um, Looney is like in that Zaza-ish role, although Looney's better defensively. Um, and then James Wiseman is in the who-the-hell-knows role because the Warriors have never had someone like James Wiseman. Who the hell knows who he's going to be? There's no comp there. Uh, you know, it could be Kevin Durant or he could be, you know, Zarko Chabarkapa. Um, who knows? Oh, you didn't like that one. No reaction. Thought you liked Zarko, Zarko. I did like that one. That's good. I'm actually looking. What else do we have to get to here? Oh, the last thing. This is the last thing that Steve Kerr mentioned in the early part here. We're going to get into how we think the Western Conference shakes out and stuff on future podcasts. But Jordan Poole, he said he's been our most consistent worker and he's earned the right to play and get his opportunity. Kerr talking about how good he's looked over the summer. Um, I know you've heard it and I've heard it too. A lot of people have been saying he's been working really hard over the summer. You never really know what to make of that because it's who's he playing against? Like, so he's tearing up smiling each in an open run. Like that doesn't tell me he's ready to be the backup point guard anymore. Um, Kerr also mentioned he wants to play Jordan Poole next to other playmakers. He sees him as a combo guard, not really a point guard, not really a shooting guard, just kind of a mix. So where are, you at, where are you at with Jordan Poole here? Because I think he's – I said it on the last podcast. I think he's a big swing piece. If he actually becomes a consistent contributor for him, that's going to be huge. Yeah, I don't have much hope with Jordan Poole. I, I don't want to be that guy. Look, we're not Warriors outsiders here. You know what I mean? We're not going to say <laughs> – shouts to uh, Drew and Grant, also friend of the show. Eric Pascal is my huge swing guy because I actually think Eric Pascal could be good. I just don't see it with Jordan Poole. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't. I really don't, Sam. I think this is like classic, um, classic like coach speak. He like wants Jordan Poole to be better. He wants to instill confidence in him. Uh, he knows that if Jordan Poole is not going to be good, it's going to look bad on the war, like n- not so great on the Warriors, right? Because it's another guy that they drafted in the first round that's now like probably unplayable moving forward. Because I bet you Steve Kerr likes Nico Mannion more than Jordan Poole. So I, I don't see it unless you tell me that he can shoot better than he shots last season. 
but I got, I really got to see it. I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe it. This is, this is like somebody comparing with Trent Taylor. Now Trent Taylor got hurt, but Trent Taylor, you're in, you're out. This guy's supposed to be the next Wes Welker, but he's just another trash white wide receiver. So I don't see it with Jordan Poole. I'm going to wait till I see, because here, here's my thing with Jordan Poole. He can pass. He's got some tools, but none of it matters if he can't get his shot off and hit it at a high clip in the NBA, right? Like, if he's hitting 38% of his threes, very good backup, right? Yeah, the playmaking he's is hitting, cute. He has to shoot. The playmaking doesn't matter if he can't shoot. Ex- exactly. Like, it's cute. It's great. Like, cool, you can make a pass to the corner. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, well, no, also, one's like, gonna, no one's going to respect it in a game that matters if he can't hit the shot is what it comes down to. 38%. That's high. You know, get me to 37. 30, yeah. 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 Get me to 36. 30. What was he last year? I think he was low 30s. Like he, last year, he started awful. He couldn't hit anything. I mean, I think you're right. He just, I just want people to respect him. Lou Williams last year shot 35%, 36 mm-hmm. the previous two. But people respect Lou as a shooter. If, yeah. he can, if he can get that respect off the pick and roll, then his passing matters. And he can be a nice little heat check option off the bench. Um, yeah, you don't want to be that guy that's just like a – yeah, he's a good passer, but like like Rajon Rondo, right? Like he's a good passer, but like who's actually – other? you know, Rajon Rondo does so many other things well that he can actually play in the NBA Finals. And by, and by the way, the reason he played so well in the NBA Finals because he shot 40% from three in the bubble, which – Playoff Rondo. It's Yeah, but I mean you and I both know if Rondo is shooting 29%, those passing lanes wouldn't have been there. Like yeah. it's – especially against the good teams, it's too obvious. Yeah, so, you know, maybe I'm a little bit too harsh. Maybe he can be a regular season player. Maybe I'm looking at it from a perspective of can he play in the postseason. But that bar's too high, right? Like, that's bar, the bar's too high. I think Jordan Poole was, like, 20 years old last season when he started, maybe even younger. So that bar might be a little bit too high for someone like him. But he was also statistically one of the worst players in the NBA. You don't just come back from that and become, like, an average NBA player. Um, he doesn't have, like, the the size to be – like anything defensively. He does need to be a point guard because of his size. Yes. Yep. And, and Kura said like, well, we see him as, we see him as like someone we need to also another ball handler, right? We don't really see him as a primary point guard. And I'm like, well, shit. I mean, if he was like six, seven, but if he was six, seven, he would have gone in the lottery. Um, or six, yeah. Seven. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I'm actually, he's, this is going to be just peak, like inside dork here, but like I'm, he's probably number two player. I'm most excited to watch. Um, because Wiseman's obviously number one because we haven't seen him. And I'm just curious, like, how close he is. Well, actually, I take that back. Number one, Steph, because I just miss watching him play. But, yes, after that, I really do want to see what Jordan Poole is because he can do a lot to help this team if he actually has taken a step. And at this point, it's all, like, you know, conjecture. And everyone's like, ooh, you didn't see him in open gym. You know, that sort of thing, right? And it's, like, the same thing with Mannion, too. It's, like, he's a shooter. He, they said he was a shooter coming out. He's a of shooter. High why can't he shoot? Why can't he shoot? Does he just take bad shots? I've seen Jordan yeah. Poole take bad shots, but if you're a shooter, you should. Michael Mulder, although it doesn't seem like he might even be on the roster here because the Warriors are such because Ken Lacob is in the front office. But like, if you're a shooter, Relax. why can't you shoot? <laughs> if you're a shooter, why can't you shoot? Although with Mulder, it's like he's done it actually at the at that level, right at the G League level, which is NBA three point line at forty percent. You were saying so. Yeah, with Poole, if you're a shooter. Bro, you got to shoot over 36%, like at 36%, right? Uh, Lou Williams shoots 35 because he takes dumbass shots. Uh, because he's but like, everyone oh. knows if he's, if he's open, he's hitting it. 
Uh, no, that's that's the thing. I yeah, Jordan pulls open. I need him to hit it. Last year when he was open, he couldn't hit it. So he was hitting back rim and back. Oh, it was side of the backboard. It was bad. Um, but with all that said, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Next week we're gonna get into some of the over unders, the prop bets we're seeing on Bet Online right now. Um, let's do one of them right now. I'm gonna ask you over under. Do you think Kelly Oubre averages 18 and a half points? Yeah, he's over. Easy over. Last for me. year he I averaged eighteen point seven. So yeah. Oh wow. Um, I just saw a video of him on the Warriors Twitter account. He's dunking. You know, he's got good hair. It looks like he got a fade on the side. Um, nice fade. Uh, Very important. The- so he's a little more aerodynamic going to the rim. <laughs> he's got the he's got the he's got the uh, the piercings in. Um, looks good. Looks like someone that just got engaged. You know how that feels. Um, so you know, good good for good. Uh honestly, more seriously, I think this is a perfect situation for Kelly Oubre. Look, Clay Thompson's out, but if you're telling me that a team with Ricky Rubio uh and a bunch of other goons that they had, Devin Booker, who was hurt for a little bit, DeAndre Ayton, who got busted for roids, if the guy was able to average 18.7 points on that team, and I get the volume stuff, but it's not like he's not getting that volume with the Warriors, right? Sam, like if you're talking about Ricky Rubio, who can find someone. Steph Curry is like people are going to throw three at him. It's going to make life a lot easier. I'd probably have him at around. I want to say him and Wiggins are probably both going to average twenty points. Uh, to me, uh, yeah. Don't ask me, me about the efficiency. Don't ask me about that. But I think they'll get to twenty points. Yeah, and we got a lot of good prop bets. We'll get on to the next one. But other big news item: we officially know when the Warriors are opening the season and who they're playing on Christmas. So Andy Lou, let's start here. Opening night, Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Adam, Adam Silver thinks this is the episode of the fucking Bachelorette. Is this what I think? <laughs> like he, he thinks he thinks he thinks this is just his uh is a reality show. Now that being said, I'm gonna watch every second of this reality show. Oh my goodness, KD's back, Kyrie Irving is is healthy. Steph Curry. I mean, this is uh, this is the first time we've watched Steph play KD since Game Seven OKC 2016. One of the greatest performances in Steph's career. So, whew. let me let me ask you goosebumps. this: More likely, KD drops forty, and Draymond gets, uh, let's just say, tossed from the game, or Draymond makes KD look very rusty. Because KD's starting at power forward, and he's kind of been a power forward anyway, and you know Draymond's going to guard him. And to me, that's the most interesting matchup here. I think the latter is more possible. I think KD... Now, KD's one of the rare guys, as we've noticed through the last few years. He don't, he don't, he don't get rusty, right? No. <laughs> It takes him. It takes him one minute. <laughs> he literally, he comes back like when he when he tore his Achilles before he two, tore his tri- Achilles. two trips up the floor, and he's good. <laughs> he's good. Like he looks incredible. But this is an Achilles injury. This is not a joke. So, but I still think Dr- Draymond. He's got a lot to prove. I think he's got more to prove than KD here. I, I think both of them are. The, the beauty of this is I I respect both of them as competitors. Like uh, KD is a very spiteful player. I think he thrives off of it. I think the funny thing about KD is I don't think he ever gets shook. I think he actually gets better when he's angry. And um, if we know one thing about Draymond, it's he gets better when he's angry. So I think that game will uh, could be a very fun opening matchup between those two. 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And uh, Adam Silver did it right with this and the Christmas schedule that we're talking about. This is as good as it gets. It is fascinating to me, Sam, that the Warriors were out, you know, and the, and the NBA, nobody really watched the NBA. And then the Warriors are back and Adam Silver and company could not wait to put the Warriors back. I mean, back it, goes, it goes without saying the Warriors are a top two draw in the NBA. What did you I still think? That- <laughs> I, I tweeted a lot of things. <laughs> Steph Curry was the most popular player in the league. I think uh, he people is. Didn't like I think, that. People didn't I like that. I think he still is among the most. He's the most popular player in the league. I think they draw better than anyone, and I think it's good for the league if they're in the mix. So I'm not surprised. Uh, they're going to get the Nets opening night. We'll talk about this game when we get a little closer to it. But let's let's transition to this one. Christmas Day, 11:30 a.m. <laughs> against Giannis. Adam Silver wants Giannis on the Warriors. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is also this is disgusting. Uh, this is just why are the Warriors playing the Bucks? I don't understand why. There's really no history here. There's no. It's not really an NBA Finals matchup. Can you Christmas really say hug? That? Christmas hug. Exactly. That's like that has to like. I can't wait. I personally can't wait. I don't even know the last time the Warriors played the Bucks. I don't even remember um, when that was. So this is amazing. I'm I'm excited to see Stefan Giannis's. And you can maybe say in the East, who's the favorite to win right now? Who who is it? Boston's imploding. Uh, Toronto's. I don't like it, Miami beat the, the Bucks. Bucks, but like it's kind of the Bucks, and then. You know, I guess you could maybe say it's a finals preview if you want to get ahead of yourself. Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> but I, I do think great. it's uh, the league is doing the thing where they're trying to stir up drama to remind uh, you know. Again, they got to get their cash cow against Giannis. Let everyone know that you know they could team together in the future. We don't know what's going to happen, but by the uh, way, kudos to broadcast. Yeah, I think the broadcast is going to talk about that over under. You think of the forty-eight minutes, you think they're going to talk about that? What out of the out of the? You think more than probably half not. Probably not. Honestly, I don't know. So, <laughs> Christmas schedule looks incredible, though. I, I, it's one of the few times where I do feel like there's no there's no filler game. It always feels like that nine a.m. game with the Bucks. Uh, the Knicks is always like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, they finally realized like no one gives a shit about the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, good for them. It's a good, it's a good schedule. It'll be fun fun slate and we're excited we are less than three weeks away from nba basketball in the meantime you guys have a good weekend check us out on locker room on friday